What's up, everybody? Welcome to another Stand and Fight podcast. I'm your host, Rob Eastman. I have changed my direction on my podcast. So we spent the last two seasons talking about addiction recovery and all the taboo conversations that need to be had. And we've got 82 82, uh, episodes on that. So being a coach, uh, I wanted to bring on other coaches and get their philosophies and and hear about why they do what they do. And also shine a light on some of what they're doing in the community. So Joe Bish is with me right now. Bish. (laughs) You can't get those P's or B's too loud of the (laughs) mic pops. But, uh... You know, you're, you're starting this off and, you know, I've known you a long time. I don't know too much about your background. I know a little bit, but I've been watching. <laughs> I've been watching. A lot of people come to me and say, I want to do this. I want to do what you do. I want to blah, blah, blah. And they last about four minutes when the money's not there. Yeah. You got to push past that point, you know, Absolutely. and it's, and you got to have heart. And, uh, I remember the first time you came out, you you picked up a bunch of kids. They're in your car. You're holding them accountable to homework. You're driving them to and from training. Like, I don't think people understand when it's it's one thing when it's your kid. It's another when it's five people's kids. Yeah, you know. And and I've seen that heart and and not only did I see it then, but you've been very consistent. Didn't matter if you had a gym or not a gym, you were staying consistent. Yeah. And popping around chasing your dreams. So I'm grateful and honored to have you on the show and can't wait to get into the conversation. So to all my listeners, here's Joe Bish. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Uh yeah, coaching, man. So tell me let's start them off just so they get a little background of who and what you are, where you were brought up, kind of some some uh tips and falls maybe that as a kid and then and what got you here. Well, you know, I grew up in Salt Lake. So, and, uh, grew up in an okay household, man, abusive father, you know what I mean? Went, you know, played sports, uh, all that stuff kind of, kind of built into what built me today. But, uh, you know, I always was involved in sports, always had coaches, always had things like that. And that's kind of probably my first love into why I became a coach nowadays. But, um, I saw a lot of flaws in coaching, in my opinion, right? It wasn't really if it was flaws or not, but it was, in my opinion, was flaws. I saw a lot of people that didn't really care, uh, and they were just going through the motions of coaching. But I grew up in a pretty good household. My dad was majorly OCD, was, you know, forced me into a lot of sports, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it can go either way. So I played I played football. I played, you know, I got into to even amateur boxing at a young age. Um and played everything pretty much wrestled boxing um football basketball my true passion was football though growing up played football um that's where i met a lot of my friends but you know things and things were good as a kid other than at the house and and the things i went through as a as a child as far as abuse and and mental abuse and things like that but it was good all the way until about high school high school i started you know getting into drugs alcohol Start selling drugs, got involved in gangs, um, and kind of screwed my life up pretty pretty bad after that. <laughs> yeah, talk about that a little bit. So playing sports, and then I know for me, when that 
you know, if my life was super happy, I would have never gone to drugs. So there was something missing for me. And once I tasted that first hit or the first drink and I got the effects of it, practice didn't seem too important anymore. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, for a long time as a child, too, I mean, I skipped a little bit of a part. But for a long time, I really thought I'd be in the NFL. I mean, I was good at sports. I was good enough to, to make myself believe that I could do something with it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really, truly did believe for a long time that I would be in the NFL, that I would play football, that I'd be a professional athlete somehow or something. And I believed that probably all the way up until my, my junior year of high school. Uh, and I got involved in drugs, but it didn't stop me from from that goal originally. It eventually took me down, but it but just like anything, I think it will take anybody down yeah. if you do it enough. But uh, it, I still had that belief, and my, like I said, my father pushed me into a lot of those things. I really didn't have a choice. It was, it was, you know, I was forced into it, even though I had a passion for it. I was forced into it. My dad was really OCD. He did a lot of things like, you know, I we had. A, vacuum the carpet with perfect triangles i mean or he'd whoop your ass it was like it was real real crazy you know what i mean Not, he wasn't normal dad either i mean he really truly had mental mental problems but um i got involved and, and i don't know if i really you know that i hate when people blame friends for their addictions and their problems because i think ultimately you make that choice you know what i mean yeah, you flocked to like-minded people at the time. Yeah, yeah. And so, but I did. I got involved with, with gangs. You know what I mean? I got involved with being able to get the so-called hookup on drugs. And, and it was, you know, to a point where it was, like, easy. And I just had everything at my disposal. So, you know, eventually when I, when I started getting the drugs about my junior year, um, really caused a lot of problems. I got kicked out of school. Um, barely graduated. I don't even know how I graduated. I, I went to an alternative school, Horizonte, where I currently teach right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I caught up there and I actually walked with Highland and, and graduated. But um, after that, I kind of, you know, I dated a girl for a long time. I got married. That didn't last long because um, the addiction was more powerful than, than yeah, the yeah. love I had for, for her. And, and we're still good friends to this day, but I got... You know, I, I got married, got a divorce, you know, probably about three years after we got married. Um, the addiction got real bad then. Got involved with a couple other girls, had two babies with two different babies' moms. Um, so, I, and I have, and I have my daughter still in my life, luckily, you know, but that was a struggle too. Anyway, to make kind of a long story short, I, the drugs took me down. I mean, I, I, lost everything and I, I had a good job I had a business I started uh, called secure networks where I sold Cisco systems equipment and stuff we were the only reseller in, in Utah for a long time we actually sold the shell on the stock market I was making tons of money but that did help the problem yeah right <laughs> yeah in fact that fueled the problem it, it it made it worse I wasn't strong enough mentally to be able to handle I think the success that came my way or I was shocked that I could do it even have that yeah. kind of success so uh, but I, you know, to, I lost everything, got kicked out, you know, all my family, friends kind of disowned me. I lived on the streets for over a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was on the streets living. I tell a story a lot that it was, you know, we're in Utah and there was a blizzard so bad that I thought I was going to die. I was freezing to death that I snuck into one of those little ATM things that have the ATM inside the little oh, building. Yeah. yeah and slept in there or I would have died. I'm sure I would have died that night. The cops even came and they and they were like, hey, look, it just be out by 6 a.m. 
they were like standing here, you're gonna <laughs> like, die. Yeah, you are gonna yeah, die. You are gonna die. Yeah. And it was a blizzard. So and then leading up to that, while I was homeless for that year, I got arrested. I mean, I was obviously doing stuff to feed my habit and stuff like that. And so uh, this is where my life to this day probably changed. They, you know, I had a lot of counts. I had, you know, over 18 felonies. So I, when I got arrested, I wasn't going home anytime soon. <laughs> I was there for a while. And so, uh, but that was, you know, it was the, one of the worst things I've ever been through and, and, and seen and the stuff I saw in there was crazy. I mean, it was, it was really, really bad. But they also put me because they go by a point system here in Utah in the in the correctional facility. So I was in Supermax for over a year. I was locked in Supermax, no celly, twenty three hour lockdown, uh, ten ten dollars in commissary. I had nothing, uh, and, and and it was so crazy in there because that's where I learned one of my biggest strengths to this day. What I feel like is one of my biggest strengths, and and it's that mental strength that you know being able to control my thoughts and my mind because that's all i had in there that is all i had you were either going to lose it or you were going to figure something out you know what i mean yeah i don't think people understand i'm gonna i'm gonna hop in there with you i got i got arrested and i was in for three days yeah in in fox in davis county 23 hour lockdown with a celly but i don't think people understand what that's like to sit with yourself Mm-hmm. quietly in a room, sometimes not quietly, yeah. but to just be with your thoughts for 23 hours a day. People can't, can't meditate for five minutes. Oh yeah. You know? So just to paint a picture there of like lock yourself in a room for an hour, don't do anything and see how good that feels. And then yeah. times that by a year. Oh yeah. A year straight. It was rough. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, but it was, it, that's what taught me. It taught me how to, to, to recognize my thoughts. And man, I'm so big on this because, and I teach this to the kids I, I work with today because in my opinion, I feel like everything starts with the thought, whether it's in a negative direction or a positive direction. I think if you don't be, or you're not able to control those thoughts, number one, over anything, then you're going to go down the wrong direction, whether it's depression, anxiety, you know, gangs, what drug dealing, whatever, homeless, you're going to, it's going to be all fucked up because you just build upon whatever thoughts that you're thinking. Yeah. So, and and I had to, you know, when I was in there for a year in, in 23 hour lockdown, sometimes I was there 24 hours. I mean, there was, if they didn't have two, two staff on, they didn't let us out at all. There was a lot of times I only got out like twice a week, no celly, no one to talk to. I watched 11 people in that year commit suicide in their cell, man, it was rough. It, it was it was really really rough, but and I really struggled for like the first six weeks, the eight weeks in there. I mean, I I didn't think I was gonna make it, man. I was, you know, I tried to be a tough guy, but I was crying, man. I was like, I couldn't believe that my life got such in a bad situation to help sitting in a cell like that, and there was no way out. You get in there too, you start thinking, man, everybody's forgot about me. There's nothing, you know. There's nothing. I mean, it's just the loneliest feeling ever. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and you build upon that because that's what you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah, that can be a, a very dark place. And, man, I just sit, I'd sit and try and put myself back in that situation and think same thing. I got I got hit up by the FBI SWAT team because somebody said that I was a 
a kingpin and, and Oxycontin. Yeah. And they're like, where's the drugs? I'm like, in my vein. <laughs> like, you know, we laugh about it now, but it's like in that moment. And here I am locked up and I'm like, this is not who I am. When that inner child in you is like, what in the hell did you do? We yeah. wanted to be a doctor. We wanted to be an NFL player. Yeah. Not locked up for 23 hours a day, told when to eat, sleep, and and take a shit. Yeah. And so, you know, we'll talk, talk a little more about that mindset and getting through that. Well, it, 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 it's weird, you know, because people, when I talk to people, they think I'm, you know, it's kind of hard to, to explain. But one day I was in there, one night specifically, and this changed my life, man. It changed my life to this day. I, I still do it to the day. I put videos on Instagram where, where I show, I mean, I have a thousand notebooks that I write every single day. And it's just random shit. I mean, it's just thoughts. It's random stuff. If you came to my house, you'd be like, what the fuck is all this shit? You know what I mean? It's like, it's crazy. But one night I had this such real dream in there. I woke up in a dead sweat. I mean, I was like profusely sweating. And, and I had this thought that came to my head. I don't know if it was a dream or vision or whatever it was, but I was going crazy. I mean, I wasn't literally, I was on the verge of suicide almost in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I knew I wasn't getting out and I knew I wasn't going to leave from there because I had too many, you know, violent felonies and things that I was in there for. They weren't going to move me. Right. Yeah. So I knew I was in there for a long. It wasn't like I had a choice. It's, I'm not going anywhere. And it was so, it was hell, man. It was hell in there. And so I was on the verge of like, hey, look at fuck this. You know what I mean? This I can't take no more of this. So one night I had this dream, man. I had this vision and it told me, hey, look at the one thing they did give me was a pencil and a paper. You know what I mean? I had plenty of paper and I had a little teeny pencil like that. You know what <laughs> Not I mean? long enough to go deep. <laughs> yeah. And so uh it, it this dream told me to just start writing down my thoughts, whether they were good, negative, positive, bad, whatever they were. And so it was like something out of a movie. I mean, I just started writing shit down, anything that I thought. I mean, and like literally all day. One day, I think I wrote down, I counted them. I think I wrote down like 5,000 words. Wow. 5,000 words on a, on a piece of paper. And I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really know what direction I was heading in at all. I mean, I didn't really know anything, but after about, I think it was about 10, 12, 13, something right around there days, all of a sudden I wasn't thinking about suicide. I wasn't thinking about being locked down 23 hours a day. It was like a miracle, man. It really was. All of a sudden it was like, okay, well now I'm being aware of my thoughts and I found out that's what I was doing. I was like, okay, now I just am aware of all the thoughts I'm aware. It didn't mean things changed. It didn't mean I was happy. Trust me, I still wasn't happy. But I was aware of what I was thinking. And that alone changed everything for me, man. It changed everything. I mean, and now I have the ability because I've practiced, you know what I mean? I've practiced and practiced and practiced. And it's a big reason why I'm sober today, in my opinion, is that I know when I'm building upon my negative thoughts, whether it's a thought of going out and using, whether it's a thought of being violent or being a dickhead or whatever it might be. I mean, I, I'm aware of it. I, I, can, I can spot it like immediately. And so then I can do the opposite. I can think of something different. And man, it, it's harder to you know explain than, you know, it's harder to do than I'm explaining, but that is what I learned in being locked down man it changed my life so so as much as i hated being locked down it also changed my life 100 percent. like it changed it to completely and i i practice that to this day like i said my house man i got thousands of notebooks with 
random shit written in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. People ask me all the time, well, uh, how do you sleep? I'm like, how many of you lay down, you're exhausted, you lay down, you're so tired, and as soon as your head hits the pillow, your mind starts going a million miles an hour. Yeah. Pen to paper. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't like the thoughts, write them down. So right. you don't have to remember them and you can get it out. Or you call somebody and you talk to them about it, empty that brain out and go to bed. Yeah. You know, and I think that people don't understand. I hate writing, but that pen to paper, something magical happens. Starts out with a sentence, starts out with a paragraph. Next thing you know, you're 30 pages in going, holy crap. I didn't think I had that much in there. Well, and I, I think I used to overthink it too. Like, like I'm supposed to know what to write down. When I finally just said, hey, look, at just fucking write shit down. You know what I mean? Then it was different. You know what I mean? It started coming to you because I thought, well, there's got to be a process of doing this. But it's like, what do you mean? There's no process. There wasn't a process of doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is what worked for me. I don't know. And and it does still work for me every day, man. I, I do it every single day. And the reason why I do it every single day is because I don't want to go back to where I was ever again. Yeah, I like You know that. what I mean? It's like. I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because people think that. You get better, like you see a counselor and you're feeling better and then you get off seeing the counselor and you get off your meds. It's like, there's a reason you're feeling better. Keep yeah. writing. Right. You know, keep praying, creep, whatever it is, there's a reason. And it's not that you get a coast. I think people feel like if they put in the work, then they'll arrive one day that it'll just be easy. And it's like, no, oh, man, you got to enjoy the journey and everything you learned along the way. That's your muscle. That's the one you've been flexing the whole time. Keep flexing it. It's not like, ah, I benched 300 pounds, so now in a year, I don't have to do anything, and I'm going to be able to bench 300 pounds. No. Yeah. If you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. And I think that's just, that's such a powerful thing. And, you know, if, if I think if people were to see us and they're like, that dude doesn't write in a journal. <laughs> oh, they wouldn't think that. No, no. Even my kids I coach, I show them. You know what I mean? And, and, and I do weird shit with them. You know what I mean? I make them lay down, meditate, turn off the lights, and these are boxers. And yeah. these are boxers from the hood. They're not boxers from the east side. You know yeah. what I mean? These are boxers that have been through shit. They're you know, what I mean? for real. Yeah, yeah. It's like they have something to fight for, and I make them do crazy shit like that, and they always look at me like I'm crazy. But but after a while, they believe. Yeah, slow it down. Yeah, that's they, so cool. They believe, but it's you know. And I, here's another big thing that changed in my life, man. Coming from after I was released, and you know, did good, and I struggled. I struggled for at least a year coming out. You know, I mean, I, I was coming out to the gym when, yeah. like, that was like a year or two years after, you know what I mean? So, and I struggled and I struggled, but I was still doing my thing. And and I think one of the biggest things I was missing was helping others. You know what I mean? That's was like, <laughs> I feel like you could be depressed, have anxiety, but if you're actually truly getting out of yourself and helping somebody else, it kind of goes away, man. A lot of, <laughs> it does really go away. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and one of the biggest things I changed for myself was listening to the people and following, you know, even on the Instagram, people that I wanted to be like and got rid of the people that I didn't feel like were on the same direction, the path I was going on. I mean, there's tons of motivational speakers out there, but they motivational speak and they weigh 300 10 pounds, you know what I mean? I, yeah. And I don't, and I don't believe it. I don't feel like they're living it. You know what I mean? They don't have the discipline to do it themselves, but they're doing it, but they're preaching it. And it doesn't mean they don't know it. They yeah. might know it. They might have all the degrees, but like yourself, I watch all your Instagram posts. 
it's always been motivating to me. It still is to this day. You know what I mean? And and there's multiple people here that I that I follow that, and it's those things. And I need those things to keep me on track, man. So and we we're so lucky, man. I don't know if these kids really realize it because there's a lot of negative connotation to social media now, but there's a lot of positives in social media too. Yeah, it just depends on what you choose. Yeah, yeah. I just started going through back through some of my stuff. I'm like. My thread, I haven't known anybody for a minute, you know, yeah. once you start getting a bunch of followers and stuff, and I just had to start unfollowing some of the stuff because it's just like, if I get on there, I don't want to get caught up in the rabbit hole of watching people crash and burn or watching people make party and look fun or watching, yeah. you know, same thing, like watching that, that big old dude or, or whoever preach at these people telling them how to live, but they're not doing the same thing. Yeah. I have a really hard time with that. Mm-hmm. Um, just knowing that if, if I'm out there and I'm saying one thing, but my actions are showing another, like that could derail somebody oh, that yeah. could change a little kid's life for the, for the worse. It could make a, you know, if I'm in Vegas at the craps table, getting, getting drunk and high yeah. and somebody sees me from Instagram, they're like, wait a minute, this dude just like inspired me to be, but he's over here doing this. Like yeah. I just, it, the accountability, especially as a coach too, it, it just, it finds a way to, to rise up. Yeah. You know, you want to practice what you preach. Cause some of us, if I die today, what are people going to say? Right. You know, and my sobriety is super important to me. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that we're out there putting out the fires that we started. Oh yeah. You know, a lot of people, they leave their state or they leave their town. Like, yeah. man, I can't, I can't get sober here. Yeah. It's like, I, I have to get sober here because I need to change the way the kids see, see the, the coming up through junior high and high school. Yeah. Oh, I still, I'm still making up for stuff, and I think I will to the day I die, man. It's like, man, it's, 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 I made a lot of mistakes, man. I did a lot of things, and, and you know what? And I get that opportunity now, which I look forward to. I don't run from it anymore. So, like, when I do run into somebody that I, I might have screwed over or done something bad to, man, it, I get, that's to me. I'm, I feel so grateful because that's my opportunity. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's my opportunity, whether they accept it or not. It's my opportunity to try to make it right. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, it, it's I I like that. I don't run from that stuff anymore. I don't run from things that I have to take care of anymore. And uh, you know, and I feel like it's. Like I said, for me, man, it's everything about my thoughts. It's about how I think about things. Any way I want to think about it, pretty much it's going to go that way. Yeah. Whether I'm afraid of it, whether it's fear, whether it's, you know, convincing myself to lie about it, whether it's any of those damn things. And, man, I convinced myself to lie about a whole lot of shit my whole life. You know what I mean? It was just crazy. Yeah. So – Think back, and I'm sure if you're anything like me, if somebody was like, hey, I need you to go do this for free, what would you have said 10 years ago? I would have told him to fuck off. So now, you know, that's one of the reasons I brought you on watching you and knowing what you do behind the scenes and and coaching of any kind is is not a massive payment here. But talk about the – for me, being a coach, you know, I wanted to be in charge. Come to find out, I learned more as a coach than I ever did as an athlete. Do you feel Do you feel the same? And if so, share some of those things. Oh, absolutely, man. You know, <laughs> the people I coach, I don't make any money. In fact, I lose money probably every single month, man, uh, working with these kids. And I work for the school, too. So I, I work with Salt Lake School District, so I get, I get somewhat of a, a paycheck, too. But from the kids, 
man, we travel all over the place. We've been everywhere, you know, USA Boxing. We've been, you know, I got a pro that goes everywhere. We have to go spar at Floyd Mayweather's. We got to go everywhere. So we, you know, we travel and, and, but to me, it's worth it because it's not about the money to me. It's not even about the, the recognition. It's the success that I see in them. Man, it's powerful. The feeling that I get when I see these guys do things that they didn't think they could do. And, and I see that a lot in the kids I work with because these are kids that sometimes both of their parents are in prison or their mom's a crackhead. I, I deal on a daily basis with, um, you know, uh, what's it called that, that takes kids away and stuff like uh, DCFS. that. DCFS. Yeah, DCFS. I deal with them almost on a daily basis. I've had multiple kids that have been taken from their parents that come. I mean, I, I have a lot of, like 30, 40 of these kids like this, man. Their dads are in prison. And so they think to themselves that they can't do anything, that this is their life. This is how it's going to be. And I remember feeling like that too. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is just who I am. I'm supposed to be in a gang. I'm supposed to be, you know, a drug dealer. You know, how else am I supposed to make money? And they sure as hell don't think they can get in a boxing match and win or even learn boxing for one. You know what I mean? They think, man, we, there's been some pretty crazy shit with kids. You know what I mean? Cause these are rough kids. These are rough exterior, but everybody's the same inside, but they, they, they have that big wall up. You know what I mean? A lot of these kids have that wall up. So to me, it's not the, it's not the money, man. It's not the money. I think the money has came and I've been very fortunate and a lot of people in the community have helped me through the, the process of donated and, and done things for us, which is amazing. You know what I mean? It's been super grateful for everybody that's done that. But um, I've watched, man, I've graduated probably 22 kids in the last year alone. That Some of them that were like 22, 23 years old that only needed like five credits to graduate and they never did it. Yeah. So luckily, I work at an alternative school where I can get them the packets, help them do the work, and get them graduated. Man, I've done that with, like I said, over 20 kids. Um, you know what I mean? And, and these kids start learning boxing, and, and they start sparring, and they start doing things that they didn't think was ever possible. And to me, man, the satisfaction, the feeling that I get, and this is where it might be selfish for me, watching that, knowing where they came from to where they are now, jeez, man. It's better than any high I've ever had. Yeah, that's that. That's that intangibles that nobody can take. Yeah, you know, and and watching them. Hopefully, when you're getting farther down the road, when they're getting married and having kids and coming back and seeing you, like that's, I've I've sending some kids off on missions and they're coming back and different things like that. And it's just like, man, what would have happened if I didn't take that job? If I didn't push past everybody like no don't do that you shouldn't do that and, you know so many negative people out there telling you you got to have this job you got to do this or the society making you feel less than if you don't do what everybody else is doing the nine to five and all that crap and i'll tell you what you walk in there with some some eight nine ten eleven twelve year olds who are just speaking honestly they don't have that filter yet and they just speak some wisdom yeah. they're like Damn, I need to hear that today. Yeah. You're like, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for coaching me. Man, I, I post my daughter. She's eight years old. I put, I, I post her on Instagram all the time because she's always telling me some crazy shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, it, and it's a blessing, man, because she's so, like, her mind, the way it works, she's so motivated and positive, man. Like, maybe God or whoever, man, put that in front of me because it's like I haven't taught her really that. But she just has it, man. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's amazing. So 
I'm always like, wait, what did you say? Let me record that one second. You know what I mean? Like, Redo. Yeah. It's, uh, but it will come out of nowhere. And I'm like, man, you know, and a lot of times I'm like, man, I needed to hear that. You know, and I know some people that need to hear that. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's awesome, man. My, my life's far from perfect, but it's freaking amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's super awesome. So tell us a little bit about where you're at and uh, the programs you have and so I have, we have the only boxing gym in a high school in the state of Utah. So uh, we're at Horizonte, so we, but it's separate. So I have a, a program that I do with the school and it took me a while to get that, as you know, to get yeah. that approved and everything with the district. But we have a, a gym and a program there in Horizonte and it's amazing, man. It's, it's amazing. I get to work with a lot of kids and, and change their lives and be able to to, and I do it along with boxing because boxing really is a hard sport. I mean, even if you Google it, it's the number one hardest sport to learn. I mean, there's a lot more than just throwing punches. It, it, oh, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of things that go into it. And the mental, you know, the ability to overcome some of those things it teaches these kids a lot, man, in life in general. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't think of anything better than combat sports that resembles life. Mm -hmm. Get knocked down, get back up, stick and move, learn it. You know, it's a chess game. That's why I tell people it's like when you learn a combat sport, it's a spiritual experience. Yeah. When you're in there and you're truly flowing and you, and you make it an art, mm -hmm. it's like I've had more dudes crying of emotional opening on the jujitsu mat. Like, wait, I'm a man. I'm not supposed to be crying. Yeah. You're, you're not hurting me. Like, I need to talk about my marriage. Yeah. You know, I need to talk about what happened when I was a kid. I was afraid. I judged people that do this type of stuff yeah. because they were the bullies or, you know, whatever. And it's just like, man, it's, it's, a, it's a spiritual, religious experience for me and well, all that stuff. No, it really is, man. And, 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 you know, I left the part out where I fought. I mean, I fought in the cage. I fought in for a long time. And it did that for me, too, man. It was like... It, and the biggest thing is it taught me that I could do something. You know what I mean? That I could just do something. You know what I mean? I didn't have to hold myself back. I could go out and do it. But, uh, yeah, no, I've had a lot of kids cry in my gym, man. And, and usually it's not it has anything to do with anything physical. Yeah. It's all emotional, man. And, and it's like, you know, they I got kids that want to quit every day. But, but we don't let them. And, 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 you know, what's great is that, you know, once you get something going like that, man, and you get people on the same mental field, you know what I mean? The gym we have there is amazing, man. The people we have there, no one's letting anybody quit there. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it, it, yeah, it's like a, it's like a family, man. And it, it, even brand new people that come in, it's like Darian, you know what I mean? He yeah. came by and, and he came in there and people just brought him in, tried to help him out with his boxing, you know what I mean, and stuff. And we get that all the time. We have people that come from gyms all over, out of state, too. They drop by all the time. I mean, we have professionals in there. We got John John. We got, you know, Juan Huguera, the people that are freaking – these guys are undefeated pro boxers that have probably will be world champions. In fact, I know they will. These guys That's are amazing. So cool. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, and tons of kids, man, they look up to these guys, and these guys understand that, man. And, and they didn't at first, but I think they do now. And I preach it constantly to them. It's like, hey, look, at you're, they're looking at you. You're an idol, man. You need to understand that for one, you know what I mean? Whether you choose to be a freaking a role model or not, because that's the dumbest statement when I hear people. I'm not a role model. I'm just me. It's like, man, fuck you. You're playing the NBA. Yeah. Okay? It comes with the territory. You know what I mean? 
It's like, take a little bit of responsibility. Yeah, it's like, dude, come on. But my guys know that. I mean, they, they, they get it, and they've all made mistakes. I mean, I don't work with people that have been perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. So how do people find you? Uh, Instagram, probably the best way, JoeBish1212. Um, that's that's how everybody gets a hold of me. So, you know, and, and you know, like I said, I, I really love what you do with the mental health because I feel like it's a big problem out there. And I watch all your shit, man. Oh, I appreciate it. It, it helps me. Hey, look, it, I'm not the most <laughs> mentally stable everybody. I'm working on it, you know what I mean, every day. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a process, man. And that's what when I quit chasing stuff and just enjoyed the journey, you can go fast, you can go slow, but every time you gotta look around and and, and see what's going on. Yeah. And uh noticed you on that and I don't want you to say anything, but um I just wanna give you something yeah. and I appreciate what you've been doing. Wow, man. I'm Love ready. you. Appreciate you getting teary-eyed. I think more guys that have been through some stuff need to step up, take the right path, share what we learned the hard way, and give back to these kids because uh, do as I say, not as I do stuff is not working. And uh, I appreciate you for what you're doing. And everybody's got to have somebody to look up to. And uh, I know those kids are looking up to you. I look up to you for what you're doing and giving back. So thank you. Man, thank you, man. You have no idea. This goes a long way. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me on, man. And thank you for being a mentor to me too, man. I don't know if you always realize that, but uh, I watch, man. And it makes a difference that. in my life, man. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been another Stand Up Fight podcast. I'm your host, Rob Eastman. You can find me on Instagram at Tattooed Life Coach and the number eight or Rob Eastman on Facebook. And uh, love you guys. If you ever need anything, reach out. If you have a coach that's making a huge impression in your community, reach out to me and I'd love to get them on. Thank you. Thanks for coming on, Joe. Hey, thank you.